house of the Lord. Now, folks, some people think they don't need church on Sunday night. We, we, we differ on that. we got so much meat to share, we don't have enough days to do it and hours to, to do it. Praise God. And I told you I'm going to come back to the teaching I did this morning on, on Jesus Christ and Nicodemus. I'm not done with it. But I want you to get the real message. Now, preachers will catch on faster than you can because they'll know where I'm going. But you need to get that understanding also. Amen. Where I'm going with these messages. All right? Now, in the book of Daniel, chapter 4. Again, good to have you again, sister. God bless you. Amen. Let's pitch a tent here and go no further. You have arrived. Welcome home. Amen. 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 Verse 32. And they shall drive thee, this is Nebuchadnezzar, from men. Let's read verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, Seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol in honor of the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways, judgment. And those that walk in pride, he's able to abase them. My title is Heaven's Rule. Heaven is in charge. Let's worship God. Hallelujah, you're in charge. You're in charge right now. You are in charge right now. Said you're in charge right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I must confess to you there are times in my life when I, as a child of God, and I believe I'm a child of God, I was not a begotten son, but I was a begotten son. One is, one is O, one is A. John says he begot us, but he was begotten. Now, I'm not playing on words. Amen. He's the only begotten son, but we're the many begotten son. Amen. And we're born of the Spirit, like the young lad said tonight. And there are things I desire. I'll give you an example. I... I'm flying to Toronto, going to a meeting in the States, and there are times when I desire they would call me to put me in first class, and I'll do everything in my power to get it, and it doesn't happen. And I'll try all the gimmicks I can to get it, and it didn't happen. Someone turn his lights on, please, over here too. Amen. It just didn't happen. 
And so, was it because my God was not able to give it to me? I don't believe that. There are times that God wants to teach me lessons and teach you lessons. There are times when I desire it but not pursue it, and God just gave it to me. To my surprise, He just gave it to me. And I'm surprised that it just happened that way. And what I found out in my spirit is that, and the Word of God is, this world, as proud and haughty and as scientific and philosophical and verbose as they are, they're not in control as you think they are. David and many others says men in low estate, low degree, are vanity. He's always wishing, like every one of us, that we were the winner of Lot of 649, even though they didn't buy a ticket. We read the excitement that they won. And kind of wonder what we would have done if we had won $400 million. Maybe we would have lost God in the process. I don't know. And then he got those with their millions and their billions and their trillions. And God says at their pump, like the young lad said tonight, they're just wax. They're pretenders. But he said they're men at high degree are a lie. In other words, don't believe that lie. It's not as glorious up there as Hollywood making a pair. Even with all the trophies and the Oscars they're winning and the Hall of Fame they belong to, it's not like they make it look. Reality sets in and they all go the way of all flesh and you know they... They take drugs and they get OD and they die like everybody else. And we realize it didn't profit them one bit to have all that money and all that drugs available to them. Then the guy on the bottom of the field, he wished he was rich up top. And look what Agar said. Agar said, Lord, in chapter 30 of Proverbs, he said, Lord, do not make me so rich that I forget you or so poor that I'm, I'm tempted to, to blame you. But the, Dan is writing here about a king a great, powerful king. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. He is the world leader as far as God is concerned. It's not Obama. It's not Putin. It's not all the previous guys that we know. Not even Churchill. God doesn't recognize those men on the same level and pinnacle as he recognized Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 2 tells us that this man... It's the head of gold. And like it or not, church, this is the 21st century coming on. But God have already dissected up the history of generations. To him in Daniel chapter 2, when you go home, read it. That's the past, the present, and the future. That image represents the past, the present, and the future. Right now, we are in the ten toes of that great colossal image. That is the kingdom of men. When you look at it from a standpoint of Daniel, it is a fearsome-looking image. Tall, intimidating. And if you are like I am, you say, My Lord, who can stand against this? Amen. In fact, in, Daniel, in Revelation 13, they asked the question concerning that same kingdom. Who is able to make war with him? 
What a challenge to ask who's able to make war. Well, Daniel saw this image long before that question was put to us. And he said in chapter 4 of of Daniel that there's a watcher. There's a watcher that sees everything that goes on in the earth. And he's watching every nation leader upon the earth. Now, I know there's a UN in in, uh, New York where we think that's where decisions are made, but decisions are first made in heaven and filtered down into the minds of political leaders. And they're not in charge as you think they are. You want us to prove it? I'll prove it to you. Watch the weather come through. Let tornado come through. They don't have the power to make a decree and have nature respond to them. Hello? They can't say to the wind, be quiet. They can't tell the earthquake, stop shaking. You're disturbing my sleep. <laughs> they can't tell the, the freezing, frigid temperature in Alaska, hey, it's too cold, I want some heat here. Hello? And they can't tell the tsunami, hey, simmer down, take it easy. They don't have that power. But there's a watcher in heaven. He has the whole world in his hands. And he declared that Lord ownership. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. He said, all the beasts of the field are mine. He said, the earth is mine, and the heavens are at my discretion. And the seas and the roaring waves are at my command. And by the way, he said, I sit upon the circle of the earth. And the nations to me are like less than nothing. That's the God that said he's high and lofty and lift his hand and said, I live forever. Who alone hath immortality, dwelling in light that no man can approach. Now, kings and kingdoms are around. They come and they go. And they have their pomposity. They speak with pride. They have military might that people tremble at. I think of the biblical ones. Just think of Pharaoh, for example. Pharaoh was a mighty man world-renowned. And God and him had a little tussle. And he said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Who is God that I should respond to his command? And God picked up both and says, I'm going to answer that guy challenge. And after ten backs from the Lord, he drowned him. He drowned like a mouse in a kid's toy Amen. Basin. He just opened the scene. Done. But before he did that, he showed how he had power over the river, the frogs, the weather, everything else. And he proved that he's got all power. So much power, he could have Egypt in total derision and Goshen prospering. That's how powerful God is. 
while Egypt is in turmoil and starvation and hurting, Goshen is having prosperity. Amen. I'm talking about a God that said to a man called, uh, his name was Isaac. Look, Isaac, even though there's a famine in the land, it doesn't have to affect you. You can stay right where you are and be blessed a hundredfold. I can bless you in spite of what's happening in the world. Because the heavens rule. Amen. He told Abraham, look upon the stars. Look upon the sand of the seashore. You've got no kids, but I'm going to tell you, that's how much kids you're going to have. Why? Because the heavens rule. It ruled biologically. It ruled in the oceans. He ruled in the earthquakes. He ruled in the sky and the heavens and the land and the sea. And he also ruled in the hearts of those that you're afraid of. He rules. Now, this was 32 years later. The son of Nebuchadnezzar did something very foolish in chapter 5. He took up the, 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 the sacred vessels of God and began to challenge the God of those vessels. Drank through them and desecrated them and laughed and cheered and he think I am king and I reign and God says you know it's about time I respond to this guy and God showed up with a, a text message on the wall and the guy couldn't read it you know he couldn't understand what he said but when he called for Daniel basically Daniel was saying king you're not in control of this party now the party stops Amen. God going to crash this party. Tonight, he said, you have been weighed in the balance. Now, here's a king that other nations are afraid of. A kingdom is powerful and full of might and strength and power. It looked at the reign forever. And all of a sudden, a watcher from heaven can't involve in that party. I'm telling you, what you are afraid of, God is not afraid of. What makes you tremble doesn't make God tremble on His throne. Hello? God does not fear what you're afraid of. In fact, God wants you to know who's in charge. He said, oh, you fear that guy who can try to kill your body. But fear him who can't touch the body only, but can't touch the soul and the spirit. What are you trying to say? I'm going to tell you who the boss is. I'm going to tell you who's in charge. And church, we need a revelation that the heaven rule in every iota concern that you have. No matter how difficult your situation may seem. No matter how tight, you know, these movies they have, the star always get cornered. Locked in a situation. There's no way he can get out. But at the stroke of the pen, the one who write the story, create an escape route. And I'm trying to tell you, God said, I'm able to keep you from falling. I'm able to take you through a storm and tell you like in the Rockadon situation that you will not be destroyed by that storm because I told you you're going to see Caesar and the storm can't stop you from seeing Caesar. It doesn't matter who's throwing what overboard. You are going to talk to Caesar 
eyeball to eyeball because the storm doesn't rule, the heavens rule. Amen. On the ship, when they cry for, 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 for help, he said, Listen a minute, man, I rule the storm. Don't rule. Look at this, boy. Be still. And the water stopped. Amen. Intimidating the disciples because the heavens rule. We got to have that understanding. Only one person on earth and in heaven has authority and dominion. And if we can understand the sovereignty of God, that He has the power to exalt you and demote and abase your adversary. Most time we forget that. We forget who is in charge. Most people that go for a job, they have premonitions. Some figure, I'll never get that job. And they never get that job because they confess defeat and they're accurate in their confession. There are those who confess victory and they walk in victory. And God says, you know, it's what you think that's the, that's the power of your life. You're not a victim of circumstance. You are a victim of your own thinking. Praise the Lord. But He's got the power to exalt and the power to abase. Joseph, brethren, did not like the fact that he could and might even sit on a throne and they would bow to him. They did everything in their power to make Joseph not had his dream come to pass. But they forgot one thing. They're not in charge. They're not in control. The one who exalt and demote, the one who alone has authority and dominion, he gave the dream. And if he gave the dream, he will fulfill that dream. And no matter how many obstacles, no matter how many e-cops are on a fall-off-the-wagon situation that may come, that dream and promise will be realized because the heaven rules. He said, my promise and word will not return void. Now, he didn't say they won't have problems. He said, just won't come back void, empty. He said, it's just not going to happen because the heavens rule. Praise God. That's why the apostle said, shall we obey God or man? You judge. But who has the power to make the end become what I want? The one that rules said he can exalt and he can demote. The heaven is watching. It's kind of nice to know the heaven is watching. I never forget on the job when one boss said to me, and I know the one that told him to fire me didn't like me because I was a Christian and wouldn't go to his party and do his stuff. And so he was the manager over the the job area he was, and I was an engineer working for them as a support group. And every boss come by, he makes sure I got the wrong end of the stick. And so he got this guy to set me up, and the guy said to me on his way out for holiday, when I come back, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I should do this and this. And I, when he said that, I began to realize he's not in charge. I realized he didn't give me that job. I realized God gave me that job. And he was not going to dismiss me until God was through with me. And all he said didn't matter. I knew that the heavens ruled not him. And so I didn't worry about him. I just whispered a little prayer to God. When he come back, demote him. That's all I said. Let him not sit back in that chair. You know what happened? The heavens rule. The heavens can override what the earth says. And so when he came back, he never sat in that chair.
God put distance between him and me. He could never touch me. He was in a place where he was neutralized. What happened? The heavens ruled. There's the watcher. There's the watcher. And that watcher has dominion and power and authority. Fort McMurray is not in charge of Fort McMurray. There's a God who has the city on a leech. He allowed it to go so far, and then he steps in. He allowed the mayor and the premier and the prime minister to speak to a certain level. Then he steps in. He controlled the economy. He controlled the weather pattern. He controlled governments. Amen. All levels of government. He controlled policy. He allowed constitutions to be made. Even though they may be against him, he allowed it to happen. Just like he allowed Christ to be tempted. But God said the heavens rule. At no time is God at his wit's end. At no time is God without a solution. It's at no time that God can't just, at the snap of his finger, turn things around. I'm trying to tell somebody, the heavens rule. The heavens rule. The heavens is control of situation. I don't care how sick you get, how much you're going to die. The heavens rule. I talked to the gentleman who's going to come here to preach for us on Labor Day. His friend in Toronto is, is a preacher and he's got, a, he's got a bad situation. His arch is all clogged up. And I said, man, you, you're, you're just about gone. You know, 97, 98, and you're plugged solid. And you're going to die. And so we'll have to operate on you. It's a 50-50 chance you're going to survive. Got on the phone, called his friend. The friend jumped on the plane and came and prayed for him. Amen. Now, we got two opinions here. One is from the doctor. We're going to operate on you, and, and if you don't, you're going to die. You just, that's the way it is. And so the friend came and prayed for him and said, You know what? It's all over. It's good. God has healed you. He said, Now cancel this operation. He said, Well, I can't because it's already scheduled for today. In a few hours from now, they're going to be cutting me open. He said, All right. It's okay. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But two hours later, the doctor came and said, we have to cancel this operation because something more serious came up and therefore we'll cut for another time. His friend told him, make sure you ask them to re-look one more time at what they saw. The x-ray came back. The expert looked. says, hey, something's wrong here. This one said before... 97, 98, over says zero, zero. But just to be on the safe side, let's do an operation to find out. He said, safe side? I'm going home. Give my clothes, I'm going home. What happened? The heaven ruled. The heaven rules. I said, the heaven rules. Amen. This one with the issue of blood. She's supposed to die from the issue of blood. But Jesus Christ, who came from heaven, he ruled. He overruled. You've got to realize that same heaven that ruled and called the raven from a command to feed. Not to thief from him, but to feed him. Now, ravens are gluttonous, greedy birds. And for a raven to take the food and not eat it, that's a miracle in itself. That was a miracle. And to deliver and walk away from it and not even touch it. That's another miracle. 
But God said, I command the raven. God can command your adversary. Oh, God can command your boss. God can command your husband. God can command your wife. God can command your children. God can command the government. I'm trying to tell you, the heaven rules. When God speaks, everything moves. <laughs> Let there be light, and there was light. God spoke to a fish and command the fish. Now, church, I believe was either a shark or a whale. If you know those fishes, they don't let go once they get in their mouth. Amen. You're a dunner. You are a nice dinner for the day. But God said, swallow, but don't digest them. Hold them for a while. Give them three days, you know, down in the water, bottom, show them around for a while. Let me talk to him for a minute or two down there. Give him a prayer meeting. God preserve in that fish this man. But even scientists want to say it's not real. I don't care what they said. The heavens rule. He who made the fish in the sea command, store him for a while, but don't eat him. Amen. The widow, God said, I command a widow to sustain you. She did. God commanded a fig tree. It dried up. God commanded an almond rod overnight and it budded. God caused a rod to turn to snake. A man's natural hand, very healthy, turned into leprosy and reverted back instantly. Why? Because the heavens rule. The heaven speaks and everything responds. I'm trying to tell you, that same heaven spoke and water became wine. Wouldn't those winos like to have Jesus on their team? But he spoke, and the water turned wine. Here we have it all. A little oil never ran out because the heaven spoke, and the heaven rules. Church, we, in Revelation, who we are serving, he's got the power to turn on the light and to turn out the light. He's got the power of a day and night. And God is trying to tell Daniel... As powerful as Nebuchadnezzar is, I can reduce him down to an animal. I can make him eat grass for seven years. Now, church, you eat grass for two days and you're going to die. Your digestive system cannot handle grass. But God preserve him. Because the heaven rules. The heaven declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. And God said, eat grass for a while. And he ate grass. And he couldn't do anything different. His mind left him. He became like an animal. Amen. That same God who make a dog, I mean a donkey, speak like a man and preach a message to Jonah, make a man act like an ox and eat grass. Oh, he can reverse situation. Ah, come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you tonight, you need to realize the heaven is ruling in your life right now. I don't care what you're going through. There is a watcher that's watching every moment, every situation, that hears everything, and he's still in charge. Even though you don't seem to think so, he is in charge. He can humble, and he can stumble, 
and he can rise up and elevate. He's got the power over day and night. Come on, somebody. There is a God that is in charge of your situation. Hallelujah. If he can make a donkey preach, he can make an adversary apologize. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If he can make a man a king, amen, eat grass as an ox, he can make your adversary eat his threats. Oh, the heaven rules. Oh, the heaven rules. I said the heaven rules. I'm not talking about the atmosphere or outer space. I mean the heavens of heavens where God said, Heaven is my throne. And where I put my big old feet. That's my footstool. Let's worship God. Praise God. He said, look, I can. I love the book of Daniel for this reason. In chapter 1, God's trying to give you history in advance. Now, I know you think our society have new stuff coming on the market. Maybe they do. But I want to tell you one thing about this. God has foreordained how history will become his story. I don't think you heard me. Write on the board for them, please. History is his story. Hitler was so powerful, unbeatable, and God just raised up a simple English dropout. Hello. And humiliated him. And brought him down. The Jews were so afraid of Hitler. He looked like he was going to toast the whole nation. It looked like he was going to succeed with the genocide. Hello. And all the time, God never gave up being ruler over the situation. You see, God allowed Pharaoh to go so far that he stops him. God allows your crisis to go so far that he steps in. God always rules. And God always writes the last chapter. In every episode, I like to watch those agnostics and atheistic and all these polytheistic people chant and carry on and God knows he will write the last epilogue. He just knows it. That he will write the last chapter. I don't care whether they're kings or prime ministers or gurus or Islamic imams, what do they call themselves, or gurus. God knows at the end he's going to write the last chapter. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So in chapter 1, here's history being looked at in this colossal image. And the message is, heaven's rule. Heaven's rule. Ten times in chapter 1, God made his people better than their opposers. I don't care what your job is. I don't care who's competing with you. I don't care who seems to have the edge on you. If you study the article real good, you're ten times ahead 
but you need a revelation. At some point, God has got to open your eyes to see the victory. Now, I know you don't see it, and God deliberately withheld it from the eyes of Joseph. Joseph never saw himself on the throne in Egypt. That was never in his mind, but it was already written in history. God foreordained that to happen. And I'm going to tell you, God has foreordained your outcome. Didn't predestine him, he foreordained him. And you've got to believe that the heavens is ruling in my house. My house may be chaotic, but it's not without Christ. Because even though they were in the storm, don't forget they were not without Jesus. And that meant in your storm, there's a Jesus on your boat. But what you need is a revelation that God is on your boat. It's in your boat. Amen. And so in chapter 2, we read again the falling image. The message that Dan was... You see, Dan was a guy who was oppressed. Dan was so so fretful and worried about his nation. He's praying, oh God, we're in trouble, God. We, uh, we don't have our temp anymore in God. And he's always praying to God about his nation. And God said, Daniel, you're ten times better off than those guys. At your worst state, you're better off than their real estate. Ten times fatter. Ten times better off. Even at your situation, you are ahead. You just don't see it. Your treasures is in heaven. I don't mean the atmosphere. I don't mean outer space. I mean beyond that. But your eyes have not seen it. Rather, Paul put it this way: Your eyes have not seen, not under your heart, what God's prepared and that loves Him. Church, you don't know. You know we we're worshiping God by faith. Really, we are. You never seen street of God. By the way, it's not streets. It's street, one street. Hello. But chapter two, it says, "The kingdom of this world will become yours." Now, nobody here believed the one they own Europe. Nobody here believed one in their own North America. You don't believe it. If you tell your friends that, they'll take it to the, the fifth floor in a hospital. They don't even believe you're going to be raptured like Elijah. Hello? But heaven rules. And overrules what man says. That image did fall. Amen. Goliath was a threat to the nation of Israel. It looked like he was in control all the way. Until David proved that the heavens rule. Because David came with anointing. And said, this guy, you'll see him no more. Five stones, and he fall to the ground. Amen. Didn't die from a concussion. David cut his head off. Took his head and made a trophy out of him. God can turn your adversary into your trophy. God can use their weapons and turn against them. One of the things I've seen happening in Egypt and the Middle East right now is a historical method God used to, to hurt Israel's enemies. When they form an alliance against Israel, they turn around and fight each other and destroy each other. And all Israel has to do is look at the outcome and pick up the spoil. Those lepers, friend, that's what they did. They pick up the spoil because God made four men's feet sound like chariots. 
God knows how to rid you of your adversary. And when he speaks, he says, Do my servant no harm. God can protect us from harm. In chapter 3, the king rambunctiously and very rudely challenged the child of God. The child of God took a stand for God. In verse 26, chapter 3, Look, the fire seven times harder. How many of you right now going through some fire trials? And you think some strange things happening to you. My God, why am I going through this fiery trial? What wrong have I done? What have I done to deserve this? Fiery trial. Seven times harder than your neighbor. And yet God says, only thing going to burn is what tied you. Because heaven rules. They said, we're not going to bow to your decision. We're going to stand for God. And if God don't deliver us, we're still going to stand. And God proved the heaven rules because the fire could not burn them. And one of the ways to put out a fire is to build a bigger fire. Hello. you got a Holy Ghost fire in you. You are not going to be consumed because God said, I am able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before His presence. Even the thief on the cross had to turn to Jesus and said, This man is innocent. Because heaven rules. You're Pilate. Well, don't you know i got power over you? And I can do this to you and I can hurt you if I want to? He said, Just a minute. You don't have any authority except it be given from on high. You are just allowed to do this to me for so long. But when God in heaven begins to talk, you're going to take your filthy hands off me. You can't touch me. You can't hurt me. You can't do a thing. I mean, God told Laban, don't you ever touch that man. You're as good as dead. Laban wanted to whip the hide of Jacob. And God appeared in a dream and said, if you ever touch him. Hello? The heaven speaks. Let's worship God. So now we come to the tree. This magnificent, magnanimous tree that looks so proud. Think of your job. I was remembering some guys from our church who, who uh, re- resigned and retired. And they go went into the ministries. They're alive today in the 70s, almost 80s years old. And their bosses that retire with them, and they're all in their graves, dead. Didn't live to get a pension. The heavens rule. I said, the heavens rule. The heavens rule. God can take you through the fire, through the flood, through the furnace, and said, touch not, harm not. Hallelujah. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Hallelujah. And so that tree said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be cut down. One year later, he forgot what God told him. And he was on his knees. Now, church, I want you to imagine how the nation of the world looked upon this man. Can you imagine in the Jerusalem Chronicle? Guess who's on his knees? On all four. Nebuchadnezzar. No way. Amen, come on. I mean, way down in Judea, being told, nobody can believe it. Amen. In Alexandria, Egypt, they can't believe it. Yes. Here's the picture. He's on his knees. Can you imagine? God can bring that high... Lofty looks that you see down to nothing. 
and cut it down, the pump and the pride, down to nothing. When the heavens say so, it will be so. I'm telling you, my friend, Balaam came to curse Israel, and they paid him the highest money they could, and seven times he blessed the nation of Israel, because the heaven says no. And here's what happened. He said, I can't reverse the blessing. When God gives it, it cannot be taken away. When God sets you on the throne, nobody overthrows you. When God put the crown on your head, you can wear it with confidence that you've got it. I've got it. I've got it. When God puts you on the throne, you will not be dethroned. Oh, come on, say about it. When God clothes you, you will not be defrocked. And Balaam could not do it. Look at God in this situation here. In chapter 5, the heavens rule again. The trees cut down chapter 4. The furnace, the fire is quenched in chapter 3. In chapter 2, the beasts have fallen. In chapter 1, the people of God are ten times ahead. Hey church, we are not orphans in this church. I told this morning you're born again, but you're not born orphans. You're not born in some security hospital or some, uh, uh, some airport toilets. In a bowl of some sort. You are a holy nation. A royal priesthood. Royal blood running your vein. Do you hear me, church? We're more than a proselyte. Though Abraham don't know us. And Israel wouldn't acknowledge us. Yet God is our father. And Jerusalem above is our mother. I'm trying to tell somebody here. In chapter 5, here's Nebuchadnezzar's son bragging and boasting. Sometimes the enemy is bragging against me. Life torture us. But then the heaven stepped in. I said, Heaven stepped in. Oh, when heaven stepped in on your side, you form majority. I'm telling you, church, she defeated Peniel. Joseph defeated the ten brethren, or eleven that were against him. And you can too. All those Philistines rose up against a man called uh, Isaac. And everything he planted, they rooted up. But in the time, God says, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. God told a man called Abimelech, don't you touch Abraham. If you do, you're good as dead. God can step in and stop the abuse. God can stop the misuse. When the heaven speaks, victory is on your side. Let's praise the Lord right now. Come on. So I'm not ever out of the, the view of mom and dad Jerusalem my mother watching me and my father I watched at the airport you know moms and dad the kids running around the airport and look like they're on their own but they're not their mom and dad is watching them making sure there's no danger and our father which is in heaven watches over us I remember on one plane we were landing and the guy looked like he was a rookie. The thing started to simmer. I said, God, come on, God, I'm on this plane. Settle down. And the plane just settled down. The heavens were still watching. 
I'm trying to tell somebody. And God said that kingdom that was bragging against Israel, God did what Israel couldn't do. You don't have all the power and authority by yourself, but you know somebody who does. Praise God. When you walk in that prayer room, Farron, you walk into a place of authority. When you walk in the prayer room, you walk in a place of dominion, where God can bring principality and power down into a beast to you, where you let the heaven takes over. Praise God. Come on, say about it. In chapter 6, we find the lion's mouth was closed. God closed the lion's mouth. I know some of you feel intimidated by your situation. But you got to remember, you're not orphans. Orphaned means you're not being watched over. Orphaned means you're motherless, fatherless. Stop acting that way. I've got a father. He watches over me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in... Oh, hallelujah. Not dried up, bankrupt, green, leftover. No, no, sir. Hey, no. He prepared a table before me. I'm trying to tell somebody, God can shut the mouth of that's roaring against you. God can bring that to silence. In fact, He will. In due time. Because heaven is watching. Praise God. God. Never leave us hopeless. Praise God. Let's worship God. In chapter 7, the Asian of days did come and brought deliverance from that little worm, the prince that bothered Israel. In chapter 8, the prince of the world was broken without hand. In chapter 9, God brought desolation to the enemy. In chapter 10, God said, My promises are secure. In chapter 11, church, I'm telling you, victory is in sight. In chapter 12, somebody's fighting for you. The heaven rules. The heaven rules. Now I've got people telling me this won't happen for me, and this won't happen for me. I said, just a minute. I've heard you, but I haven't heard from God yet. Let's stand. I will not respond to lie. Amen. Now, you know, the devil... The devil told some of you, you will never sit in that chair victoriously. You will never experience what you dream for. You will never have a fulfillment. You will never see the realization. Don't believe him. Satan is not in heaven. He's just the prince of the air. But he's not the prince of heaven. The air doesn't rule. The heaven rules. I said the the air doesn't rule. The heaven rules. And you tonight, I don't care what you're going through, whatever line is in your life, remember this, God can shut them out of the line. Whatever fire you're going through, heavens can quench that. Because when the earth king spoke, then the heavenly king spake and said, Not so. And they had to confess. Every twelve, one of those twelve chapters, they confess that the people of God had somebody in heaven who stand and stood for us.
So I know what God promised me will come to pass. Even though sicknesses and disease and situation try to tell me differently. But I know God said my promises are true. I don't go by my disease on earth or my sicknesses on earth because earth doesn't have the last word. Heaven does. Isaac said there might be famine in the earth but there are promises in the heavens. Come on somebody. God said I'll open the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Let's worship God.